At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 164. What's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing this evening? Oh my God, that draft was so long. <laughs> it was so long. Yeah, I feel like it was literally all day, like all day long. It feels like it, right? 1130 is when it started uh, and now it's nine o'clock and it finished like i think like an hour ago maybe i think it finished around eight did it not yeah it was a very long day and uh to be honest with you i feel for little lamarillo the man yeah. uh, do, do they have nap breaks in the draft <laughs> well at least he could sleep up till around three right yeah someone's gotta who what intern has to nudge him to get him back to consciousness when it's the Islanders turn to pick i don't know man but like she Take the naps, Lou. You're going to have to be active for the next little bit. Take the naps because you're going to need it. I, I know there's, I've said it before. There's no such thing as like a sleep battery. You, you can't like charge it up and then just like tap into that. And we're like, oh, wait, I'm sleep deprived. Let me pull out a few hours from my sleep battery. I know that's not how it works, but like, let's keep him going as long as we can because we need him. Yes. Um, as of seven, I tweeted out at 730 this evening that Lou Lamarillo has 40 hours and 50 minutes to clear up cap space before free agency starts. Uh, so that's almost two hours ago at this point. So we are at 38 and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that's not a lot. Do we want to get into the free agency stuff? Because that's second on our running order. Do we want to do it now and then do the ra- the draft afterwards? Or Yeah, maybe let's just do that because um, the Islanders didn't have a pick until round three. We'll talk about the draft and stuff like that, obviously. But to me, the bigger story out of all of this is... What what the heck's going to happen in the next little over a day and a half? Well, yeah, because you you wrote about it, right? I I know you wrote about it not only because I read it, but because Thank I was <laughs> I was typing up a story about that, oh, and crap, I was like, sorry. I'm going to go check out something, and I ended up happening on the site, and I was going, wait a second, he just wrote about that a couple hours ago. So, Damn it! Um, Lou doesn't make big trades during the draft. He, sorry. He doesn't trade players at the draft, big players at the draft. Correct. He will move pieces to acquire draft picks, or he will turn other draft, like move up or move down the draft. Even then, he doesn't do it very, uh, very um, frequently. Uh, so, like him moving players now to get cap space isn't in his thing. He's, he's, I assume, laser focused on the task at hand, which is the draft, and that's it. 
Yeah, I guess so because uh, in the last like decade, he's made like three trades for players or something like that, and two of them are for goalies. Right, like what Freddie Anderson was one of them, I think. Freddie Anderson and Corey Schneider. And were they at the draft, or they're around the draft? My, it was at or around the draft were my okay. qualifications for this. Because I was going at the draft, and like I found nothing. Like Jason Arnott was one, and you're going, well, Jason Arnott's a big player. Yeah, yeah. It was at the end of his career, though. It was like year two, the final, the before last year of his career. So like, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't prime Jason Arnott that he was picking up. Uh, He just doesn't make those trades. I think because he got burned way back in like the 80s when he signed like, or he traded, what was it? Pad for Beek for Sylvain Turgeon back in like 89, I think it was. So what, we're just going to sit on 30-year-old, you know, old wounds and be like, uh, that's it, fold in the tent. We're not making any, only trading between January and February. That's the only time that I'm going to make moves. I think that's maybe he's that. That's why I say the, the laser focus going. Like I don't want to have to be distracted by making trades for something that isn't happening right now. Let me just focus at the task at hand because I don't want to get caught doing a dumb move because I'm stressed or, or feeling or, or, or my mind is elsewhere. Let's just focus on this and this alone. Okay, uh, that that's well and good, and I understand that logic to an extent. But at the same time, I am very very nervous because. Like I said, we are less than 40 hours away from free agency starting, and the Islanders have a little over $8 million in cap space, three important RFAs to sign, and like we want this team to get better as well. So like, what, what the hell is going to happen here? Keep in mind, they don't only have $8.9 million well, yeah, worth of cap over. space, right? You're right. No, you're right. So they, they have the cap is 81.5. They can use an extra 10%. Uh, so does a uh, uh, that's God, Jesus Murphy. Plus uh, 8.15. So they have their cap ceiling in the offseason is essentially $89.65 million. And they've used $77 million of that. Right? Like it, it essentially doubles their cap space. Just look at it that way. They've got double the cap space than what you're seeing right now uh, because of how the, the offseason works. So they can go over. They can sign Matthew Barzell. They can sign Ryan Pollock. And they can sign Devin Tays right now to extensions, I would imagine, and fit underneath that 17 uh, space and then start moving guys out. So we don't need to worry about they need to get it done today. They, they, they need to get those signed today, but they don't need to also move that cap space out today and then sign them. Right. Um, still... Even with the the signings and stuff like that, so far the the big Islanders news is a Sebastian Ajo RFA extension, <laughs> uh, which is kind of sad and a little scary because, well, not really. Like we said, there there is still time, but when you look around the league, it's like everyone's going bananas. Like there's trades left and rights. The guys are moving around the draft board, and it's been all quiet along the Western Front for the uh, New York Islanders, which is. Uh, I don't know, a little unsettling? Like, is that fair, Mitch? I don't think so. Like, isn't that old news with Lula Morello just, like, doing... He takes the time. If you've got the time, take it, I and know, he's got it. It stresses me out, though. It, oh, sure. Really... Yeah, if you're if you're saying, I'm, I, are my stress? Yes. Yeah, my okay. Fitbit is, like, you need to take a nap today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and all day, because your heart rate... Like, I went for a brisk walk to, to, like, mail something, and my... It wasn't very brisk, actually. It was a light walk. My heart rate went to 158. Oh, 158. Wow. I, I'm relatively in shape. I'm not, I'm not out of shape necessarily. 158 was high. I'm <laughs> not supposed to be doing that, and it's just around the corner. Yeah, so yeah. I am stressed, but I, I think in terms of 
him having to make moves, he doesn't have to make moves right now to sweet. No, no, you're right. He he doesn't. He technically does not have to do anything at this minute, 9.14 p.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> Although, but, like, knowing Lou, he probably is. He's probably, like, picking up the phone. He just had a nap at round two. I'm like, well, I, I'm rejuvenated. Let's call, let's call some GMs, break some news while everyone else is asleep. Yeah, you think maybe he had some of those uh, fresh berries he likes so much to uh, re-energize? <laughs> oh, I had my, my, my raspberries. I, I don't know, Lou doesn't talk like that, but, like, raspberries and blueberries and Werther's Originals for breakfast. <laughs> The guy's 77, man. (laughs) Uh, What about those, uh, the strawberry candies in the wrapper? You ever see those? No. Oh, my. I don't know what they're called. Those would, there's, that reminds me of like the Werther's or whatever they're called. Uh, I don't know where they came from. Hang on. Is it a a hard candy? Yeah. It's, uh, I I don't know what you're talking about. You've had to, if they don't have these in Canada, I'm going to be very, very surprised. We'd probably call them something else. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, we don't know where they come from. You just run into those stra- hard strawberry candies for some reason. At, like, an old person's home. My grandma had a ton of those. Yeah, exactly. Never looked at the name, right? You just know they're there. Like, hey, I'll, I'll pop one of those in my gullet. No, there's no way anyone knows the name of those things. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I'm not, I, I am stressed because, yes, they do have to eventually make moves. But I feel like that's just kind of a a, a default setting of mine. Um, they have to make moves for sure. They're going to have to make them soon, right? Like the offseason ends eventually, and they can't just carry over that 10% increase over into the regular season. Uh, but he's got time to make those moves, and he's going to wait to find the right trade um, or, or whatnot to move s- some of these pieces that we're talking about. Were you disappointed that Nick Letty wasn't traded today? No, I, I don't think so. Um, the, the point of trading Nick Letty for me is to get the cap hit off. It's not necessarily the picks. Like, the pick is, okay. is, is icing on the cake. So I, I don't really – it's not that I'm going to say I don't care about these picks. I, I clearly do. But the, the picks don't do anything right now for the Islanders, uh, which is they're in a right-now mode. They're not in a let's build towards the future mode yet. So, no, I'm not disappointed because – while this draft class was probably pretty good, I, I did. It's not really what my my priority right now for the Islanders. Okay, no, because I saw online that some people were upset that he didn't get moved, and um, whether that could be for picks, whether it could be for a, a player in a pick or, or what have you. Um, I was so at the, we're at the end of the draft now, and we're going to get into that. So it's pretty soon. Don't worry, but. Um, I'm surprised, but also not at the same time that nothing happened. Like, I'm I'm fighting this own inner battle in my head because, like, all along, I was like, oh, this is, like, a perfect time for the Islanders to do something. Like, they have to have movement. We're counting down. I'm just looking at my phone again just to see, but it's still, like, a, you know, four, less than 40 hours until free agency starts. But at the same time, like I wrote in the article the other day, like, Lou doesn't make moves around this time. Uh, he's made, like... Three trade, yeah, three trades with the, yeah, since he's come over to the Islanders in in a little over two years. Um, so while I'm part of me surprised, a part of me also isn't at the same time. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I'm having that inner conflict inside. Yeah, like you can you can rationalize why they didn't make a move because they're going well, Lou doesn't. Um, 
but you could also feel like we needed to do something because you look at the cap and you look at our situation, you go like, even though you know there's still a 10% buffer, you're so uncomfortable by the situation we're in. Right. Um, But there's also the impact of like the cost of making deals. Like we heard that even to absorb half of Marc-Andre Fleury's cap hit was going to cost a first and a second. Are you kidding me? That's insane. That's insane. Yeah, that that's a bit nuts. Um, not surprised that he didn't get moved today, right? I didn't miss that. No, no, okay. he didn't get yeah, moved for for what what should be obvious reasons at this point, right? Like a first and a second for half. That's still Vegas holding half of his seven million dollar cap hit. I'm going to say I'm pretty sure it's seven, which is nuts. They shouldn't have, should have never done that. Yeah, seven million dollar cap hit over the next two years. Okay, so half of that's three five. Okay, that's a little more retainable. Yeah, three five for two years, but to bring that on for any team to accept mm-hmm. Marc Andre Fleury was going to be a first and a second. <sighs> what? And it's not like he's loaded with signing bonus. He's got a six point no. five million dollars salary this year and six million dollars next year. That's it. So you're looking at what is that? Thirteen point five million dollars. Sorry, twelve point five million dollars of salary. What the hell is it going to cost to move Nick Letty, who's got twelve million dollars in salary? I don't know. That's a great question. Right? Like, it's like, obviously, Nick Letty is probably a, a better, no, I wouldn't say better, uh, maybe better positionally than Marc-Andre Fleury is today. It's not to say that Marc-Andre Fleury hasn't been a good goalie. He clearly has. Um, but clearly, teams feel that adding Marc-Andre Fleury isn't a priority, whereas maybe no. Nick Letty is a little bit more of one that, than Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, I, I could see that. That's probably a fair take. It's... um. I don't know. It's it just has me uneasy. That's the main point that I wanted to get out in this segment is a, a very uneasy feeling with the the lack of movement. And uh, I guess as of now, do you see the Islanders being in on anybody in free agency in the next couple of days? I don't think so. I, I really don't. Um, there there's not a whole lot that tickles my fancy, really. And even then, mm-hmm. a lot of those are like middle six to um, bottom six options. Which it's not not don't don't get me wrong. It's not that those aren't valuable. It's just I feel that the Islanders have that already covered mm-hmm. because it seems that they're willing to extend Derek Broussard, um, which kind of like I don't I don't really get that one necessarily. A lot of people are just saying, well, he's he knows the system, he, he fits, and they can probably get him at a low price. Okay, cool, that's fine. But like the player himself and what he brings to the table, mm, I don't really get necessarily. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I kind of. I guess we could do it now. I had Broussard on here, uh, but as as it comes with Derek Broussard, he had a really, really good start to the season. Very good start to the season. Mm-hmm. And then dropped off a cliff. And then in the playoffs, he had a, a decent stretch in the games that he played. Uh, he was a healthy scratch some nights, but um, I personally, and I, I, I've said this, this has been my feeling for the last two years, but Lula Amarillo and Barry Trotz feel a little bit differently. I would prefer to go with youth in that spot. They seem very against that they prefer the veteran presence even the if the veteran doesn't have as high of a ceiling as those two um or more than two if uh you know youngsters that you could throw in that spot but they seem dead set on bringing brassard back i would i really i think he's signed i i think they bring him back in the next couple of days i really do yeah again there's a familiarity there uh which, which is something right he's gone through two camps already it would be three um, they can probably get him at a low cost, I would imagine, because he's already making one, two. I've seen people argue for double that, and I... No, Absolutely just, not. 
No. There's no reason that he deserves double. There's none. There's none. None. You, you, and if you're saying that because of the playoffs, get out of here. You, you do not over. You should not be overpaying a player because of his performance in a tournament. A. If we're talking about Evgeny Malkin, all right, cool. Yeah, the guy kills it in the playoffs every year. Uh, but a guy who puts up one good playoff performance and it wasn't the entire playoffs, you're gonna be like, double his money. No, Mm-mm. no, no. What are you doing? He's, he was not great in the regular season. Again, like you said, he put up was 48% of his points, I think it was. I think it's 12 points of his like 32 or whatever in a 15-game sample size at the end of October, middle of November. And after that, the rest of it through the rest of the other like six months. Yeah, it was uh, it was a tough go for a while for Broussard. Now... To the Islanders' credit, a little devil's advocate, but I'm going to reel it back in in a second. I'm slightly intrigued to see what a, a full season next to J.G. Pajot on the third line could be. But if you're still talking about doubling his money, I think that's extremely risky. Now, if you want to say bring him back for 800 k and put him on that line, okay, sure. But if if you're saying like you got to give him $2 million or more, no, no thank you. I'm all good. No, I'm I'm good. I'll, I'll bring in someone else, anyone else. Michael Grabner wouldn't be a terrible decision. He just got bought out by um, by Arizona. Mm-hmm. He's making two thirds of his money, right? Like he'll take a million dollars, I'm sure, from the Islanders, who he had, you know, a pretty good time in. If I not re- if I don't remember correctly. Yeah, I, I always liked Michael Grabner's game. I think he's a really good third line player. Maybe not the player that he was a couple of years ago, especially with his resurgence with the Rangers. But I think he's more than capable of. Like, I don't know. I'd rather have Michael Grabner out there than Leo Komarov on that line. No. Well, that's he's got speed. He kills penalties. He kills them well. Um, and he adds production on, on, on it. He's a power killer, right? Like, which is exactly what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're you're right with Broussard. You don't bring him in for double. 800K to a million, I'm okay with, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not obviously, but I'm okay with at that point. Uh, but that's that's really where it comes to when, it, when it, we're looking at free agency. We're going, well... There's no one really out there that's a top-tier guy, right? Like, you can argue about Taylor Hall, but, like, I don't know how we're going to make that work. No. Yeah, no way. Uh, we just not, not saying that we can't, but, like, you know, we could. Uh, so you bring in Taylor Hall. All right, cool, I suppose. But, like, are we, are we wanting to do that? He hasn't had two good years or back-to-back, like, non-heart years. So you're going, do we want to get in bed with the guy because he won a heart two years ago, three years ago? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I, I think he's going to be too pricey. I think that because there's not a ton of great options out there. I think he's a decent player, but I think like if his number starts getting up to eight plus million dollars, I don't want any part of that long term. That's scary. I don't I don't think that would be very smart. Well, then that that's where it, it bothers me as well is how long are we going to have to figure this like be with him for a uh, couple of years? All right, cool. Yeah, let, let's go. I, I can hitch my wagon to like three, four years of Taylor Hall at like $8 million. Yeah. All right. But anything longer than that, you're going, that's, that is too long. He's what, 29 already? I, I think 28 or 29. And But that's probably what he's going to look for a long-term deal. I'd imagine he's looking for another six or seven year contract. Oh, well, of course. Yeah, absolutely. As he should, right? He's actually only 28. He turns 29 in November. So he's not, he's not far away, right? like just a month over from his birthday or a month from his birthday. So, right, he's looking for he's looking for one more payday. If he signs a 7-year deal, that brings him to 35, which that seems like 
a thing that continues to happen. Like you look at Brock Nelson signed to around that age. Josh Bailey signed to around that age. Andrew Ladd. <laughs> Stop it. Don't put that evil on me, Mitch. But you're no. right. Uh, it's, he won't be Andrew Ladd, but like there are injury concerns there, of course. True. Um, and like he has, he's underperformed since 2017, 2018. And by underperformed, it's not like he's been a total bum. Uh, he still put up 52 points in 65 games and 37 points in 33 games in 1819. Like he was still playing well until he got hurt. Um, so he, there's there's something there. It's just how long. But that after that, it falls off, right? Then we're looking into the Mike Hoffman's and the Evgeny Dadunov situations, which yeah. W- yeah, Mike Hoffman is is a good player, but you're going, how much are we gonna have to pay Mike Hoffman? Right, and that uh, that number's probably going to be inflated as well, and he'll probably get more years than he's supposed to. That That's free agency, though. This stuff happens every single year. Right, and, and, and GMs know that. All of them do, right? Like, Lou's mentioned it before. Like, I, I've never underpaid for someone, or I, I've never made... Anyways, you get what I'm trying to say. I forget Correct. the exact quote itself, but... Um, the free agency, you, you overpay in free agency, and we would like to avoid that because we're in a situation where every dollar matters right now. In any team, but like I don't care about anyone else but us. Uh, and by I say us as if I'm an Islander, um, just because I wear the jersey doesn't make me one as much as I want to believe it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, every dollar matters. And so, do we want to give off dollars to Mike Hoffman? Ah, may- maybe, but like, I don't know, man. I don't. If Patrick Line is available, holy hell, let's figure that out. Let's figure because yeah. that's that's the one. That's the one. You're right. He's young. He's controllable, and he scores a million goals. I know he's bad defensively. He does have flaws to his game. But the Islanders have guys who are really good two-way players. They can afford to have a player like Line who, yeah, okay, you know what? You want to say he's a liability in defensive end? Okay, sure, maybe he is. But they don't have anyone who could score 40, 40 goals with his eyes closed. They need someone who can score goals. I don't care about the extra stuff. I really don't. I don't know if that's naive in my eyes or just you know looking at it the wrong way but I really don't care they need someone to score goals he is the best goal scorer on the market right now via free agency or trade I would move the moon and the stars in order to get this guy on Long Island I would do it right now would you move Oliver Wallstrom yes I probably would too um I I'd be hesitant I like and I say that with hesitation um, but yeah, just because he's scoring buckets of goals for AIK doesn't mean I'm going like, done, is this bringing this guy in today? I, I would love that because he's obviously a lot more controllable than Patrick Laine is. True. You know, Laine has one year left on a deal that's paying him 6.75. If he puts up 40 goals this year, let's say even if it's for the Islanders, his next deal is going to be big. It's going to be big. Um, right. And the Islanders already have issues with the cap. But the, he's the, a proven commodity. Right, that's the issue. You're hoping that in in a perfect world, in a perfect world, Oliver Wallstrom is like three quarters the player of Patrick Line, and you're like, okay, like you, you're, that's good. That's a good player. That's a good find. Maybe he's going to be as good as Patrick Line or better. I would say the odds of that are probably not very good, but I think he could be, you know, a, a decent goal scorer in this league. But you're hoping that Oliver Wallstrom turns into Patrick Line. Why not trade for Patrick Line? It's not like he's 30 years old. Line is what 22. He just turned 22 in April. Exactly. and He Oliver hasn't Wallstrom- even played his, his 22-year season. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and Oliver Wallstrom's 20. So they're only two years apart, and Oliver Wallstrom's never played in the league. 
right? Like Oliver Wilson has nine games, zero points. Nine, Patrick yeah. Line, 130, uh, sorry, 305 NHL games, 138 goals and 247 points. There you go. What, what are we talking about here? Yeah, I get the potential. And yes, of course, I understand the cap it. Of course. Uh, and, and if we're talking about like, well, it's going to be Devin Tate, Oliver Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows in a first, then I'm going, oof, that's a lot. I, I don't, woof, woof, woof. But again, he's 22. He's 22. He just turned 22. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's controllable for a while. They're and yes, very... it's going to cost a lot, but like Lou wanted to spend 12.5, it seemed, on Artemi Panarin, so... There are very few players on this roster or in the system that I would not move for Patrick Line. Very few. I could probably count on one hand. Dobson? Is that it? Well Dobson well, Sorokin. I'm talking I'm talking about roster players as well. Oh, oh, like okay, Bar- right. Like Fair Barzell. Enough. I don't think I would trade Pulak. I know that's a name that gets brought up a lot, but just about any other defenseman besides Pulak and uh Dobson. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm trading Dobson, but I would. It would be uh, Barzal, Pulak, Dobson, Sorokin, and that might be it. That might be the end of the list. That might be the end of my list as well. And I, if Barry came to me today and said like Dobson is ready, then Pollock is coming right off that list. Sorry, buddy, I don't care. If Dobson is ready to step up into that spot as say Barry Trotz, yeah, I'm fine. But like, I don't think Barry Trotz is coming through my door to tell me that. No, I think I think he's ready for a regular role, but I'm not ready to toss him to the wolves on the first pair yet. No, and, and nor do I think Barry Trotz, who's been preaching confidence building since, you know, he's been born. Correct. So, yeah, the, which really ultimately just gets us back to free agency, and it, which is the, the point of what we're doing here. Um, no, I don't think there's anyone really out there that tickles my fancy that the Islanders have to go and get. We, we can go and, and talk about like middle-tier options, like Anthony Duclair being available in the market. All right, that that's that's interesting, but I don't... There are bigger fish to fry right now. That's not a diff- enough of a difference maker to get me excited. It's not. No. no disrespect to Anthony Duclair, who's a fine NHL player, but the Islanders have a million of those guys. Right, and you're also talking about a guy who's bounced around to five different teams over the last like four years, so... This is true. There's something there. Um, yeah. Now, there are other options out there, but like, there's no top-tier options, and we are in the top-tier market. That's what we're looking for. No, absolutely. So do you want to get to the draft now? Yeah, let's get to the draft. All right. So the Islanders were very quiet the first night because not a lot going on, obviously. Um, they didn't have a pick. But then today in the marathon that was the draft, it felt like what time did the Islanders make their first pick? It was like 3 o'clock, right? At least I think I was at the park with my kids. So like three. No, it was like three thirty, almost four o'clock when they made that pick. I could tell you right now. It, I'm pretty sure because we we were done our quiet times. What we call it, like twenty after three, and then we were by by the park. I think by like three forty. Apparently, so the Island official Islanders account tweeted out the selection at three fourteen p.m. So around three o'clock. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess my accounting of time was off. Although I was watching on a delayed stream. Not that delayed though. Definitely not half <laughs> an hour delayed. So well, I don't know what clock I was looking at. Wow. Uh, so you want to just run through the players they selected, Mitch? Sure. Uh, 90th overall, Alexander. I like how you pitched that to me, so you don't have to pronounce his last name. Uh, Alexander Jungkrantz. 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 Yeah. Something like, yeah. I think, Jungkrantz. I think. Um, I kind of like this kid. I know it's third round, but 
He intrigues me. Yeah, like, I don't want to get into, like, uh-uh, no, I'll bring it up later, like, I hate this pick. What a terrible pick. Now, they're all talented in their own r- rights. Uh, the Islanders clearly like something about all of these players. You might have someone you would have preferred taking. Cool, that's a different story, but don't be like, this kid is a bum because he didn't pick so-and-so from the Frulunder or whatever. Um, yeah, this kid seems fine, right? Like, he's got, he plays a uh, Barry Trot style, just simple, direct, um, defense-minded winger. That that That's what he is. Uh, what does he project to? Who cares? He could be anything, right? Like, how many players do we see pulled out of, like, the third round on that go on to be, like, Hall of Famers? It happens. True. I read a uh, player comparison to Jesper Faust, which I think would be fine in the third round if you're getting a player like that. If he ever makes the NHL, he's fine, right? And it's not to say that he won't. It's just the, the further you get from the first overall, the further likely you are as someone to make the NHL. Uh, so if any of these guys makes the NHL, boom, we've hit on something. True, absolutely. Um, so, like, yeah, he, he plays the way the Islanders like to play. I, 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 As far as I can tell, he wasn't a captain, which surprises me that none of these guys were captains, right? Because apparently yeah, that's all they want. That's right. Um, so... Yeah, it seems like a fine player. Um, was he playing for Brynäs, right, in the, in the SHL, I believe? Um, uh, so that's good that he's at the SHL level, which is a level higher than Oliver Wallstrom and Simon Holmstrom are playing. Yeah, that is interesting. So, Although I think he's flipping between their U20 team and their SHL team. So keep that in mind. Absolutely. Uh, and that was the first pick. They had some more in round four. It was Alex Jeffries. Yeah. Six foot, 195 pounds, right shot. They went back-to-back wing. Were you surprised at that? Um, Kind of. They need winger wingers, but they also need centers, right? Like, they didn't draft a center today, uh, which kind of surprised me because they don't really have centers in in their uh, their draft pool or their their system, really, they have some obviously, but nothing like they haven't drafted a center in a while, as far as I can remember. So like, yeah, it's cool that they got wingers, but you're you're gonna need centers too. Um, the thing with this kid is that he's fast. He's yes. a speedy, creative winger. Love it. Yes, that is uh, that's definitely intriguing. Um, I think his size helped him. The at being six foot tall makes a difference. I feel like. Uh, in these drafts, but um, I definitely am intrigued by uh, really the first two picks. As we continue to go on, I'm like, eh, that's fine. But the the third and fourth round, there's a little bit of interest there. Yeah, no, like, so he's, again, he's he's quick. Um, he plays his hockey at a, a prep school level, so that's probably why he was later in the draft, right? He put up big points. I think he's, not I think, I, I know he's the second all-time scorer in, uh, in their franchise. Well, it's not a franchise, in school's history, I should say. The Gunnery is what they're called. Um, <laughs> awesome name. Or I think there's the Highlanders. It's the Gunnery Prep School Highlanders, I think is the full name of the school. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, no, like, he's he's quick. He's a shifty, quick player. And like you said, he's got decent size, right? 6'1". Uh, anything below that, apparently, you, you don't even belong in the NHL. Don't even, don't even apply, apparently, which is insane. Um, but, yeah, no, I, he seems fine. I, I like the speed. I like the idea. He's a speedy winger, and he shoots right. Love it. Absolutely. Uh, then at pick 152, William DeFore. Another righty. Uh, when I was reading up on him, uh, all I can think of was Anders Lee because it's like he's a big, tall guy. I think he's 6'3", 201. 
Uh, I, I need at parks itself in front of the net. Beauty. Yeah, that seems perfect for what the Islanders like to do. I have him at six two one ninety five, but a bit a big boy had twenty eight goals and uh, fifty five points in twenty nineteen twenty. Yeah, so like just a big kid, big strong kid, and, and like we're not drafting by need here. And when I say need, like to address anything in the organization, no one should ever draft like that. It just take the best available player. And best available players obviously uh, dependent on how you staff your team and, and the things that you're looking for and the qualities in a player. For the Islanders, it, it, in this draft, it seemed like big, strong players uh, that had a little bit of something. Because, uh, like, all of them are six feet tall, right? I don't think Lundkratz is uh, below six feet. Uh, and most of these kids are pretty sizable. And, and, it, and it grows right from here on in. They don't get smaller. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's talk about the big defenseman taking 183rd overall, Matthias Rajaniemi. Yeah. 6'4", 201. Uh, had two points <laughs> in 2019-20. Yeah, but like that's two points playing at the uh, legal level, right? So that's playing with men. Yeah. Uh, and then, so he turned... Does he have a late birthday? I think he's in February, is he not? Uh, let's see if I can find that out for you. And I think that's what Jeffries is, is a young kid. Like he was, he barely made this draft with a September 11th birthday. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so he, like, he is like barely 18, right? Uh, Rajaniemi is, no, Rajaniemi is the September 11th, 2002. Oh, okay. There you go. So like he is young. Um, uh, so like, wait, no, anyways, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, He's playing against men. Uh, he's got a big body, though, right? Like, he's 6'4", like you said. Uh, yep. And he quarterbacks the power play, apparently, for Pelicans, which is um, uh, Skarik's old team, right? Jakob Skarik played for the Lati Pelicans over in Liga. Yep. Uh, so, like, big kid, mo- seems mobile enough, so that that's good. I, I don't think he's going to be a puck-moving defenseman at the NHL level. He's probably going to be a little bit more uh, stay-at-homey. Uh, but he's already got the body, so that's check. You don't need to worry about that one. Absolutely. And with their last pick, they took Henrik Tikkanen. Yep. Um, six seven, two hundred pound goalie. So I've seen reports that he's six eight, um, which is wild. Because remember how, how big Robin Leonard was or is? He's only six four. This guy's four inches taller. Yeah, that's. Uh, I feel like that's the uh, Charles Wong school of thought. I feel like. just put the biggest per- person possible in that. It's it's the Matt Spizero special. At, in your later rounds, you just draft the tallest person and the shortest person. Um, for those of you who don't get that, uh, Matt Spizero is a, is a fan, is a patron, and over on the patron we do a live stream every Sunday. And so when we get to the draft and in the later rounds, Spiz is always like, just draft the biggest player and the smallest player. Just looking for the coolest, the, the cool factor. And the Islanders seem to do, to do that today with uh, with Henrik Tikkanen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just a mammoth of a human being. Right. 6'8", uh, 201, I think he is. Like, he's bigger than Ben Bishop, and that's the biggest goalie in the, in the NHL right now. Right. And, you know, obviously, who knows what these, uh, what these guys turn into, but it's always interesting around draft time. Islanders walk away with, what, 
five picks in this draft, so we'll see. Yeah, that, and that's the thing, right? Like a lot of I, I've seen some people go like, well, I know this. I'll get into it later. I'll, I'll talk about the comments later. But the, yeah, let's just we got five new guys in the system. That's five more places to watch. So Alexander Lundkratz, Brinis, uh, Alex Jeffries, uh, um, Mary Mac, I think it is Mary Mac College. Um, William Tufour, he's playing uh, in in the QMJHL for the Drummondville Voltigeur. And then you got Matthias Rein, uh, Reginemi playing with Lati over in Finland. And then Henrik Tikkanen also playing in Finland, but in the lower league. I forget the team name, but I don't think you'll be able to watch those games. I haven't been able to even watch the league of games. All right. Um, anything else on the draft before we get into the quiz? Uh, just not a whole lot of action. Uh, I, I really wish the NHL would jazz it up a little bit. Like, yeah, I, maybe t- they can't control who's making trades, but, like, Bill Daly can be up there. And, and I'm not asking him to crack jokes, but, like, holy Hannah, was it dry. And for the 64th draft or pick in the draft, we go to so-and-so from so-and-so team. Why so serious? I understand it's, it's a serious deal, but, like, you could, I don't, li- liven it up a little bit. Just have some intonation for crying out loud. Yeah, a little bit of juice, a little energy. Anything. This is fun. Yeah, with the 64th pick, we have, and I get it, after like 64 picks, you're kind of like, I'm hashtag done, but there's like 230 picks to make here. But Jesus Murphy, like, make it interesting. It's still a TV event here. Absolutely. So, I guess with that, are we getting into the quiz, Mitch? We are. All right, let's do it. As we do every week, I try to get Matt to guess a player who has played X number of games for the New York Islanders. It's been on a bad run recently, but that's fine. I know. Um, the X stands for the number of episodes that we're in. We're in 164, so I took a player who has played 64 games for the New York Islanders. Matt, are you ready? Let's do it. All right, so every guess gets progressively, or every clue gets progressively easier. Clue number one, I was born September 8th, 1992 next uh i am i was the second highest drafted player from my home country drafted by the isles i will not tell you the home country okay next i was the youngest player to ever play in an nhl game for the islanders um nino niederreiter correct let's go we're back baby (laughs) we're back baby uh, clue number four, I never got a real shot. Clue number five, I was traded for Cal Clutterbuck. All right, there you go. Good job by you getting it at clue number three. Yeah, uh, I was doing a little math in my head of counting back to what draft year that probably was, and then youngest player. I was like, okay, that's got to be who it is. Yeah, no, you're dead right. Good job by you. I'll take that. That's a major win for me. I need to get back <laughs> in the win column. <laughs> All right, let's get into the social stuff. Mitch, what do you got this week? Um, okay, I, let's get to this last one first because we already prefaced it a few times here. Um, so uh, I want to uh, – so this is from Dan Petru. Uh, Petru oh, God, I pronounced that incorrectly. Dan, I'm sorry. Uh, saying, Isles fans criticizing a pick at the end of the third round really need to get a life. And I, I could not agree more. Don't criticize these 18-year-old players because you wish you they, they had drafted someone else. Let's see what happens. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. I think there's definitely a lot of overreaction around draft time. I understand if you prefer a different kind of prospect, that's fine. But I don't know how you can get completely bent out of shape about a third-round pick. Right, like it's different if you're like, 
I don't know, you're you're one of the teams drafting in the top five and you took a pick that, that should have gone 20. Then you're going, what the hell are we doing? But if you're in the third round, at this point, you're just relying on, on your on your scouting staff to go, like, who did you really like? And obviously they've compiled reports throughout the year about this, but, like, you're just you're just looking for best player available, and, and you just hope it sticks. Like you're you're technically throwing darts at the board. Uh, you're just you're, the the dart you're throwing is a name on 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 the dart. I'll give you two rounds to really complain. The first two rounds, you really want to get into it. Ah, oh, they should have picked this guy instead. I'm upset. Okay, Th- round three and beyond. Pipe down. Yeah, no, like definitely round three. No, I, even then, round two is, is a no for me. Uh, round one is, is sure you can make some noise there. Sure. I, I'll, I made a little bit of noise with Simon Holmstrom, not because oh, I, I don't too. like the player. It's just, I think they could have just traded down for him, but apparently okay. they couldn't. So whatever. Agree. Uh, my first one is, uh, really just a litany of tweets from the official Islanders account yesterday. So first one is since we don't have a pick tonight, we thought, why not have an, all things fall draft follow along with the polls and make your picks um gotta be completely honest did not love this gimmick i usually am a big fan of the islander social media game i give them a lot of credit i think they did a really great job this year kind of was strange to see when like picks are coming in the islanders like what kind what's your favorite kind of pumpkin and how do you like to carve it it's like yeah i don't know they 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 clearly went on a stretch with that one. It was a, they tried something. It didn't work. Uh, was it the content that really got you, or was it the length of time that they stuck with this with the shtick? Both. Okay. For me, it was the length. I, I like the first one. You're going all right. They, they tried something. This I'll give you that. And then after like the third one, you're kind of like, all right. They like it got old at number two. So yeah, that wasn't uh, that was a swing and a miss. But you know, it happens. Yeah, but that was that was a big one from the other day. So that was the first thing I wanted to talk about. Fair enough. Uh, my next one comes from Brendan Clack from a TSN 1260, saying uh, notable non qualified RFAs. Hinnestro, like he has a whole list, but I'm going to bring out the big ones. Hinnestroza, uh, Athanasiu, uh, Stretcher, Perlini. Uh, where, where is he here? Uh, obviously, we talked about Duclair, Malcolm Subban, Carter Verhage, former Islander, Nick Cousins. Uh, yeah, like a Freddie Gauthier from the Toronto Maple Leafs. A lot of players on there that you wouldn't normally see uh, not qualified. Uh, so, like, the, there there's some lower-tier options here for other players, or for other teams, including the Islanders. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, definitely interesting to see some of those names out there who we weren't necessarily expecting. Yeah, so, like, the, obviously there's a little bit more drama going into the UFA season now. Uh, and, and that puts into play, into play guys like Derek Broussard. When you've got like, someone like Andreas Athanasiu out there and you're going, hold up, all right. Like, yeah, he didn't have a good stint in in, um, in Edmonton when they, they traded two seconds for him and got nothing out of it. Um, all right, well, am I w- more willing to take a flyer, Andreas Athanasiu, who's 26, I believe, or Derek Broussard, who I know what his upside is, and it's definitely mm-hmm. on the down, on the decline. Correct. If I can get Andreas Athanasiu for one million rather than one million Derek Broussard, I might take Athanasiu instead. Oh, I definitely would. Right. So maybe it's not going to come to a million, like because his, his qualifying offer was like three million dollars, which is the only reason he's here right now. Um, but something to consider. Absolutely. My next one comes from Brendan Burke, who tweets out FML, <laughs> and it's a picture of 
the draft board, and it's Alexander Lugengrantz who is uh, sitting there at 90. And uh, I, I tweeted this out. I would empty my bank account to get Butch Gorg to have to pronounce that every single night. That would be tremendous. <laughs> you know he's pronoun- You know he's practicing. Although, like, we're not going to see this kid for a while. Um, but yeah, Lugengrantz. Lugengrantz. I always forget that N at the end. Lugengrantz. Lugengrantz. Yeah. I'm trying. It's all right. You'll, you'll get it. It's the J. You also got to can't forget that, that that second J. Leung, like it softens the L, I think. I'm not, Leung. I'm not a... Leungkrantz. Leungkrantz. Yeah, something like that. There's, there's a tweet. There's a tweet out there with a, with a girl pronouncing it there for us all. Yeah, I, I, I watched the video. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it was like the accent throwing me off. The same thing, like when you when you do your French gimmick and, and pronounce <laughs> in like... <laughs> yeah, when you pronounce a name in like your French accent, it, it's very tough for me to pick up on sometimes. Fair enough. Fair that, that's a me problem. I'm not, I'm not blaming you or, or that fine young woman who, who tweeted that video out. Very helpful. I just, I am not good at retaining that when it's with an accent that I'm not used to. That's fair. I get it. I get it. I, I'm with you. Anything else from you, Mitch? Uh, my last one here comes from Purple Sword at Purple Sword seventy seven. It's actually at Victor's Forza seven seven one. Anyways, there's a whole discussion after uh, Anthony Duclair gets uh, waived or not waived, but unqualified or not qualified by the Ottawa Senators. So Elliot Freeman tweets out that he's not going to get qualified, uh, and then it's like, how on earth will the sense hit the cap floor? This is a discussion here, and they eventually get to Andrew Ladd being sent to Ottawa. And the, these two people are saying, uh, I would take a six-round pick to dump Lad. And, and they keep going on for a little bit here and if, essentially get to, like, the Islanders need to shed Lad's contract and Ottawa would be a good place for it. I, and I love the energy here. I just don't see that happening with Eugene Melnick out there looking at all those uh, those signing bonuses that Lad has to get paid. Yeah, um, that's the that's the tough part. You want to sell me maybe on Johnny Boychuk, who doesn't have as much in signing bonuses going out there. Fine, but um, yeah, I don't I don't think he's taking on the Lad contract. Lad has six million more dollars to pay in just signing bonuses, uh, and another three million dollars in base salary. So that's nine million dollars total that Eugene Melnick's got to soak up. I mean, no, think so. I don't think so. Maybe, but I don't think so. And the Islanders are sending something. That's for sure. It's going to be future considerations for the Islanders. Yeah, that would be uh, that would definitely be a surprise to me. I think. Um, last one for me actually comes from a Newsday article. I'm going to use it for the social segment, though. Fair enough. Uh, so, did you know that there is going to be swimming pools in for the Islanders at UBS Arena? But, so wait, like. I don't understand. What do you mean? What do you mean there's going to be swimming pools? So is that a standard is feature at NHL arenas? So this is the quote. In fact, two large holes are dug in the ground in the middle of what will become the Islanders dressing room surrounded by caution wires to avoid anyone mistakenly falling in. Those, Luiki said, I don't know how to pronounce his name, L-E-I-W-Luiki said, will be swimming pools for the Islanders players. Is that standard in, in a dressing room? I don't believe so. Hot tub, maybe, but I don't think a pool. Maybe they're cooling pools or cooling tubs? Uh, wow. So, but anyway, he specifically says swimming pool. Wow. Good job by them. Jesus, Murphy. This thing is going to be beautiful. I cannot wait. I, I can't. It's already looking great, and it's just a bunch of steel girders and a roof, kind of. Yeah. I, oh, my God. I, get it. I love the updates. Anytime I'm on Twitter and I, I get a new photo of UBS and the uh, – 
the updates. I love it. And I, I drive past a lot. I'm on the Cross Island Park. Not that you know what the Cross Island is. but for I the, know what it is. List. I've driven it. There you go. So I, I'm, I'm on the Cross Island a decent amount. Uh, and driving by every time, I always got to look over and, and see how much has changed. I, I, I haven't disliked any update yet. I know the ticket prices are going up, but the fact that there's like $25 standing room, I will buy those every time. Every time. I'm, I'm cheap, first off. Second off, I, I, I have a lot of people that I want to uh, see. Uh, so like this gives me more flexibility to just kind of walk around. Plus, there's going to be bars and everything with, with views of the ice. I'm going to want to walk around anyway. So, like, yeah, I'll pay $25 to get in the door for an Islanders game. Heck, yeah. Right. Like, and especially for, like, the first time you go, I think that's perfect. You get the $25 ticket, you walk around, you see what's there, and and you go from there, I think. I I like that. Yeah, because, like, an Islanders game has become more of a social event for me than anything else just because a lot of my friends now are on Long Island and not here, so I don't get to see them very frequently. So when I go, yeah, I want to watch hockey, but I also want to see my friends. Uh, so, like, uh, it's going to it's gonna be that for me. Uh, I'll watch for sure, obviously, because why wouldn't I? But, like, to pay $25 to get in the door, hell yeah, I'll do that all day, every day. Absolutely. And then we get to pay for the overpriced drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, anything else from you, Mitch? No, it's just uh, it's been a weird week, and it's going to get a lot weirder uh, and busier, right? With now the draft is done. De- now Luke, now Lou starts making deals. Now Lou is going to get into high uh, to get get into work or his work routine or whatever he's going to do. Uh, he's going to wake up, I imagine, and start making some deals here. I would I would expect something to happen over the next couple of days. I certainly hope so. So just a couple of plugs before we go, wherever you're listening to this, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Uh, also, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. What you get there for five bucks a month, you get post game shows when the season's going on. We do deep dives on different topics during the off season, which we'll have one, a new one out coming out tomorrow. Uh, you get a mailbag show, which we're about to record. You get a live stream from Mitch. You get, a whole bunch of different content. It's it's really a lot of fun over there. Nice group of Islanders fans. So if you're interested, check that out. Uh, you could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. And lastly, follow along with us on social media. Keep in touch at Eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. And lastly, Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. That'll do it for us. Episode 164 in the books. Mitch, hopefully we're uh, talking about some new people in here next week. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll see what happens next week, man. Oh, man, it's going to be busy. I I expect. Absolutely. That'll do it for us. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? 
I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.